This is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk. Hello, welcome. It's the Blue Room. Yes, we are back on. They've allowed us to come back on Radio City Talk to bring you all the fans' perspective from Everton Football Club. We got rid of that other show. It just really wasn't doing the business, was it, lads? So uh, they brought us back. It is me, Peter McPartland. I'm joined in the studio by Matt Jones, Dave Downey, and it's a big Blue Room welcome for making his debut, Paddy Boyland. Gents, are we all right? Have we had a good summer? We all rested up? Yeah, mate, we've been, we were back last week. I wasn't Where really were you? That was just a podcast. Do you, you other media commitments? I, 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 I don't come in for podcasts, lads. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, radio, it's radio or nothing for, for me. Um, I mean, obviously, you were on last week. You did the podcast, so I don't really have to go back over anything over the summer. If you haven't listened to that, get onto iTunes and uh, find the podcast, the Blue Room podcast. There. Let's start with Spurs, lads, because that's the only really place to start. Uh, Paddy, I'll start with you. I mean, Saturday... Going into the game, were you were you confident? Were you happy going into it in the new era, new the new Ronald Koeman era? Well, we probably should have been, but to be honest, I wasn't. If you listen to Ronald Koeman's comments before the game, he spoke about Everton what being seventy percent ready for the game. Then when we saw the team sheet, there was no Lukaku or Coleman. So to be honest, after we got a point from the game, I was pretty happy with that as a result. Matt, you know, Ali just mm. mentioned seventy percent figure that Ronald Koeman came out with that that that's um I think that stirred some feelings amongst them Evertonians some people generally had a, thought Ronald Koeman was in the wrong for mm. for coming out with the comments I, I thought he was perfectly you know within his rights to, to make that statement to 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 come out with that in the press conference and and almost um take expect expectations down a notch yeah I've seen a few people saying they thought it was a mind game trick or a, a trick to kind of cajole something out of the plays in terms of inspiring them but I just got the sense he was being brutally honest and uh, to be honest after watching Everton for two years and, and the lack of pressing off the ball the lack of intensity in the tackles it didn't surprise me because if you're a professional athlete and you're not working to your full capacity for two years it takes a while to build that up and I think our opponents on Saturday were a good example of that and the way Pochettino's meticulously instilled the pressing game that they play the intensity in the defending the physicality in, in, in the, the plays they've got there as well it's going to take a while so I wasn't surprised to read that but what was what was encouraging for me was especially when you compare to how we played against Spurs last time earlier in the year when it was sort of like we can tell that you are physically better than us we, we know that you're going to press higher than us so we're just going to sit in and we're going to try and contain you for for, for, uh, for the first part of the game. We went out and went toe-to-toe with them. We were happy to be physical, putting tackles in, pressing high up the pitch. And that was really encouraging for me in that sense that Everton kind of went into the game, puffed the chest out and said, this is how we're going to play. To be fair, Dave, uh, 70% is probably about 40 more percent than we used, we used to last <laughs> season. So um, so for me, I was quite happy with that figure. But you know, going into the game, Dave, I mean, um, three at the back, we seen Martinez try and do that last season. Every time we tried to do it, it was an absolute disaster. You know, it didn't matter who he played there. They always just seemed to be unprepared. Yeah, we're going three at the back for this game. We've got Holgate playing in the back three. And, and I thought I thought it worked really well. It did work really well. And it was nice to see a, a solid, compact Everton. I think I tweeted at the time at half-time. I haven't seen a more solid 45 from us in, in a couple of years. Um, I thought Holgate looked assured. He was composed whenever he had to be. Um, when he was called upon, he made some decent tackles. He was okay in the air. Um, the, the one slight liability is Maury, and and I think that's a wider issue that's going to be addressed in the coming weeks with Ashley Williams coming in. Um, I think it, I don't think he's a bad player. 
I think he's he's rash. I think he he can be quite reckless. I mean, there's still there's still those moments, and and I, I was looking at a couple of times in the first half when he made Marauding runs forward from centre back, and he he doesn't exactly bust the gut to get back. He he seems to sort of get this thing in his head that you know I, I'm gonna be part of the attack here and I'm gonna try and score a goal. I mean, he had a fantastic effort in the second half to be fair to him, but. At what point do you ever see a centre half in that area on the pitch trying to find goal? So, um, other than that, though, first forty-five brilliant, and it was just the tiredness thing in the end that that paid to our to mm. our chances of winning the game. I thought we were quite lucky to get out of it with a point in the sense that Stecklenberg makes two fantastic saves, seeing a goalkeeper making saves as well. That's really refreshing because we haven't seen that for a couple <laughs> of years either. Just on on the system as well, I think. Whenever we seem to play under Martinez, it seems to be kind of a last resort at the end of like a poor spell of form. I remember in his second season when we went to Hull away. I think it was on New Year's Day. And we played three mm-hmm. at the back, and it was it was kind of like, where's this come from? You know, we haven't, we haven't seen it for. I think it's the first time he played it in his tenure. But you look at what they've been doing in pre-season against Espanyol. They played it against Manchester United. They played yeah. in, in that system, so they've obviously been working on it, and it looks as though they've been drilled into how to do it properly. And that's obviously going to make a major difference. Yeah, when you when you say last roll of the dice, I think when he threw the dice, Martinez, that was generally the formation he hit. Mm. Whatever number it ended up, that's what he was playing. It's kind of like just throw something at <laughs> a wall and it sticks, wasn't it? It, it was there's no doesn't there's no purpose or plan. Yeah. Whereas at the weekend, you could see that they knew how to play the system. They what they've been working on it. Yeah, it was. But we got off to a good start. I mean, that was that was a really encouraging thing. You know, Ross Barkley scoring after after four minutes, um, and that was perfect. And one thing that I think we have seen instantly, Paddy, is set piece wise. We look instantly, you know, better straight away and all in the preseason. Um we look good on, on, on the set pieces and Morales, Delafeu scored from goals. We look better on corners. And on Saturday that one, I mean that was I haven't seen that for a while where Ross has just put a ball into a danger area and, and you don't really have to attack those balls and as we've seen that one's gone straight in and for as much as we've moaned in the last in the last three years, it's mad that in the first game we throw one in the box after four minutes and it goes in the back of the net. Well, yeah, some of these changes that Koeman's going to implement are going to take quite a while to come to fruition, I think, but it was pleasing to see, as you said, the the change in the way we're defending set pieces but also attacking them as well. I mean, Barkley scored off the first one, didn't he? And then the second one was an excellent delivery where he... Um, in the end, what um, Loris made a fantastic yeah. save from um, Jagielka's header. So I mean, there's a, there's a big improvement there, and I mean, it's amazing what you can do when you actually work on them in training, isn't it? <laughs> there's there's a couple in the second half as well, wasn't there, from Morales, which yeah. got put right into a really good area. I think Dyer had both of them away, but um, I think Barkley as well last season. There seemed to be times when he he takes a piece and he'd, he'd run up and try and whack it really hard <laughs> and get like a get like that that blend of like curl and power on the shot which is really hard to do whereas this one he seemed to just simplify it and I think one of the things we, we all probably all agree on Ross is that when he does this he tries to keep his game simple and does the, the basic things he's obviously usually a lot better mm-hmm. so in that sense it was it was encouraging yeah and it's good to see a few players actually trying to get on the end of it and attacking it as well it was it was pragmatic up front as well Ped, I, thought, yes. um, I didn't think it was necessarily the what Koeman wants to go into the season with obviously with Lukaku injured that's one mitigating circumstance but if you look at um De La Feu and, and Morales, they, they made the best of what they possibly could. Um, I, I was surprised, well, surprised and refreshed at the same time that we went a little bit more direct at times as well. There were some balls out from, from the centre-back and full-back positions that went straight up to the top. Obviously, De La Feu and Morales aren't the type that are going to compete in the air for it. All the t- De La Feu was non-existent in terms of challenging in the air to the angst of a few people around me, but uh, Morales certainly tried to put himself about a little bit. I thought... Um, 
they, they, neither of them played a full striking role for me. It was both of them sort of occupying the channels when they could. Um, and, and it sort of brings me on a little bit to talk about James McCarthy because is I'm, I'm sort of sitting there, as the, as the days and weeks are going on since the first game, I'm sitting there thinking, is this possibly a new lease of life for him? I mean, I don't think he's necessarily you, you, someone who will end up as right wing back throughout Ronald Koeman's tenure, but he did a decent job. I thought he was okay. I thought he found some forward passes as well, which is what was massively missing from his game under Martinez. Um, I I think myself, look, in a bit of hindsight, I I think I've been overly critical of him in the past, um, because he he, he suffered under Martinez probably more mm. than any other player really, and and to see him reinvigorated mm. with a different role in the side, albeit probably won't be one that he's going to continue, was it, it was good to see. But just before we come on to James McCarthy, I just want to go back to Delafeu for a moment. What what was good about actually Delafeu playing up front was he's actually you know he's been playing here all pre season, so there's been some kind of foresight into that decision at least. Do you know what I mean? We weren't thrown into the position where in the first game of the season we haven't got Lukaku. At, at least you know, at least Jared Delafeu was equipped to go into that role, which again. Is something maybe we've not been used to in the last few years. And I thought he occupied the strike the defenders really well. I thought he got a I know you what you're saying there, David about I'm not challenging, but what mm. he did what he did really well for me is he got into the channels and that's mm. something we haven't seen, you know. We you, you as being a striker is not always a big, about being sort of the big lump that holds all up front. You've got you know, you can hurt them in other ways. And he did that, he got into the channels, and I think that that's going to be really useful as the season goes on. We've seen it last season at Southampton, the way uh, Shane Long really stepped up in the second part of the season for Southampton. Um, and I think Delafay can do something similar. And, but I think because he's got a little bit more on the ball, and he still has to work on his finishing, but because he's got a little bit more on the ball, I think he can he can find pockets of space, hold up, and then bring other players into the mm. game. So he is a little bit different from, from what we've got. So... Um, I'm encouraged by that. But going back to what you said about James McCarthy, I mean, yeah, I mean, I th- Matt, I mean, a lot of people were questioning where he would be. I think a lot of people were happy for to see him out the mm. door. But I still think there's a player there, and I just think he needs to be fine tuned a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I think in the second season, I remember Martin is talking a lot about him being a box to box player and contributing going forward more. And there were signs in that season, especially towards the end of it, when he was playing in that more advanced role. Think of a goal he scored against Man United, where he was bursting into the box and, and scoring from there. And in the in the third season, it just didn't really seem he had a few injuries, didn't he? he didn't really seem to have a defined role. On the Never side. been the same and, since Wolfsburg. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's true actually. Yeah, probably right. And I think in a way, it's quite similar to Ross Barkley in a way that I think he needs to have his game simplified. If, if you try and get him to to do too many things, he seems to struggle with it. I think in the first season, his job was to sit in front of the back four and then cover for Seamus Coleman when he went forward and, and shuttle back into that position and maybe just playing in the, on the right wing back and with an instruction of get up and down the line, stop Spurs getting forward in that position. Might have worked out for him and I think while Seamus Coleman is out for a, a few weeks, we believe he, he could be an option in there, especially if we're going to play free at the back. Paddy? Yeah, I thought he was much better on uh, Saturday, I have to, I have to say. Um, it was interesting, actually. I was speaking about this the other day with, with a few fr- friends, and what we said was that Martinez was not good for James McCarthy in the final years of his tenure. Um, it was a very restrictive role that he was asked to play, mm. and I think if he's given the opportunity to flourish um, in a role where he's got less 
um, defensive duties. If he can go box to box, then we might start to see a bit more from the kind of the James McCarthy of the first season under Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt spoke about that game against Manchester United. We changed the formation then to I think it was a four-one-four-one, and he was the box to box midfielder there, and that's when he played his best football for me at, at Everton. I, I also think, like Matt, going back to what you were saying, I also think that. Him having a defined role helps him. And it also helps the crowd understand what he does. Because mm. so many times last season, some, a lot of people would just say, what does he do? Mm. What does he do? Because, he, But in the first season, it, you you could identify what he did. He yeah. was always covering a full-back. And you could see what he did. But last season, he got, he got lost in the malaise of the whole season. We were yeah. just... A mess, and he typified the mess because no one could put the <laughs> finger on. But playing playing at right wing back, I think you can now start seeing it. And any watch that anyone who watched that game noticed exactly what he did when Tom Cleverley came on because Tom Cleverley was completely lost. Yeah. And that's not. I don't think that's Tom Cleverley's fault. Tom Cleverley's been shifted in a position which it's, it's right wing back's not an easy position to play. That, you don't. Sorry, you know, that, that's on, funny though with, with Cleverley. You'd think he'd be more suited to that role than McCarthy, wouldn't you? Given given his history and, and how he's played for us, you'd think cleverly would fit more than McCarthy. Obviously, McCarthy's worked on it in training in the, in the days leading up to the game. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny the McCarthy situation because we we bang on about how unfit this squad was under Martinez. Yeah, he was probably our fittest player under Martinez. Yeah, he's he probably one who suffered the most due to a positional um, and, and tactical sort of uh, incompetence from Martinez so it, it, I think he, he needs to be afforded some time to get back on his feet mm. as a player and I think I, I mean I initially thought Koeman wouldn't have him uh, he mm. didn't feature heavily in pre-season um, and, and just, just general sort of hearsay from people saying that he doesn't fancy Mac- McCarthy much I don't know I, I agree with you I think there's a place for him I think he I'd, he wouldn't be in my first eleven uh, come the first September. Hopefully, I'm still saying that, but um, I, I still think he, he's, he's a squad player for us and and a, and a useful one at that. Do you think that could spur him on though, Dave? In in a way, you know, we've had Mo Besic in potentially who's probably like the most similar player we've got on the squad to him, but he's always been injured. He's never really been fully fit and, and pushing McCarthy. Whereas now, obviously, Garner's come into the team and had a brilliant debut. Maybe McCarthy's looking across at him and thinking. You know, I've got a fight on here to get back yeah. in midfield. I'm gonna have to up my levels a bit, and it, it, you know, hopefully that's something that we'll see more and more throughout the entire squad this season. It should give him a kick up the backside without doubt, because first of all, if he, if he looks at him and sees the effort, work rate, how good he is at intercepting the ball just from one game, basically, um, that that'll be a wake up call to him. But also the fact that Gareth Barry is the man who's been chosen to to partner him. I mean, he's pushing on 36 now. Um, and and I love him. I think he's fantastic. But if if he plays over thirty games this season, I think I think that's a result of Ronald Koeman thinking that there's no better alternative to him. And I think that mm. needs to be addressed. Uh, as good as he is, I just don't think he has the engine. It, and it's just a perfectly natural thing. It's not a slight on him. I think he's fantastic, Gareth Barry. Um, but if McCarthy doesn't identify that as an area where he he can sort of think, well, mm. I could be the natural successor to him here. I've done a lot of his leg work for the for the three years that I've been here. Why can't I be the man that's partnering this new fella? Um, and and that's the challenge he faces this season if he wants to get back into his natural position. I think if anything, what we've learned so far though is I don't think Ronald Koeman's gonna <clears throat> look to do that. I don't think he'll play players when the when the when the bands are unfit. Yeah, mm. we've seen that already. With Gareth Barry's a really fit lad. Yeah, he is. I mean? he, and 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 actually, you you he'll he'll probably be used. He, I th- felt on Saturday he was actually used more more sparingly in the in the you know in the final third where he was jump throwing in tackles last season 
Garner was there because he was everywhere, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, he had an absolutely fantastic debut, and I think I thought he uh, he really sort of helped the crowd. You know, he spared the crowd on, and he set a tempo. I think that was a really important thing um, on Saturday was how the crowd reacted to the tempo we we set during the game because I just thought, you know, the team the team led it and the fans responded, and even when Spurs equalised. The fans reacted to it, saying, "You know, you could see that that, that all the lads were trying, the players were trying, and the fans completely mm-hmm. reacted to that because you could there was no there was no lack of work rate." And actually, going back to you know how we started the conversation, Ronald Koeman saying the players were only at seventy percent was was nailed on. And actually, when when we got to the moment, you know, an hour into the game, whereas was they they brought uh, a second striker on and changed things around, and you know we could see us starting to get a little bit ragged. Fans suddenly realised that well, actually the manager wasn't lying to us. He told us the truth. Mm. What a, what a what a phenomenal concept that is. Um, <laughs> <he told> us, <laughs> nice, nice choice of word there, <laughs> Pat. Yeah, he told us the truth, and and the, you know we we're starting off with a bit of trust here, and and whatever reason, only at seventy percent, they will get stronger, and and they didn't stop, and you could see that with the amount of plays going down with cramp, and Delafay went off after an hour. And he, actually, he went off for an hour because he'd actually tried, which is unusual yeah. for Delafeu. Mm, yeah. So I think that was great, and I think uh, the fans were, were 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 spared on by that. Anyway, anyway, we've come to the end of the first part of the show. It flew over as it always does. We'll be back right after this. The Blue Room, Radio City Talk. Welcome back to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk. Yes, we are back. Well, for the time being, anyway, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but we're certainly back tonight. Part two, we were talking about Everton's draw against Tottenham in the first part. We're going to continue that for a little bit. Gents, uh, Stecklenberg and goal, obviously, we brought him in this summer. Everyone thought, I think everyone still continues to think that he's probably Everton's backup goalkeeper. But let's be honest, he, his, his two save paddy probably kept us in the game. Yeah, they did. Um if it wasn't for him, we we would have come away with absolutely nothing from from the game. We were talking in the in the Spurs part one that I mean, fifty minutes Everton were very very good, but Stecklenberg need, needed to bail us out. If you like the the first save from Jansen was mm. was fantastic, but I thought the second one was even yeah, better the second one, yeah. because mm-hmm. the deflection changed the flight of the ball, and he still managed to get to it. Um, I think we all accept that he's probably the number two in the in the long term, and Cumin's still looking in t- to bring in a number one. Um, but it was promising to see a, a goalkeeper like that, but it was solid coming out for catches, marshalling his defence. And um, we've had some rumours over the last few days about Joe Hart, um, but Stecklenberg's made a case at least to be considered by Cumin in the in the short term. Dave, what's it like to have a goalie you hmm. trust? Do you know what when when, uh, when Jansen got the ball? Well, there was a, there was a point I think it was in um, earlier on in the second half where I think Carl Walker had a shot from a ridiculous angle, and it it was going to sneak in in the near post, and he got down to it. But it was one of those that he probably should have held on to, and ends up rebounding off him a little bit and rolled over the line for the corner, and then I started thinking, oh no, this is a uh, this is just calamity keepers again. This is he was having flashbacks to Tim Howard star jumps and things like that. And then uh, he caught a couple of crosses as well, which is what we're not used to. And it, it was a very assured performance. I, I thought um, he's he's not the most uh, vocal of goalkeepers. You didn't see him shouting or anything like that or directing his back four. Um, and it, it's lovely to answer your question, mate. It's, it's lovely to have someone who you can who you can sort of pin your hat on and say he's got a chance of saving this, mm. even from point blank range. I mean, 
Janssen's is a poor finish, I think, but his reactions are just... Uh, I mean, the, the reaction time he's got must be less than half a second to get down to that, and he does. And then I agree, the, the second one from Lamella, um, the, the deflection, his body's going in a different direction to what the ball is, and he manages to, to get a, a... It's really athletic save, actually, um, which uh, speaking to a few Fulham fans and a couple of Southampton fans over the summer, he's not necessarily renowned for his athleticism, but it's something clearly he's, he's worked on um, and, and he's thrived. Looking at our goalie coach, game. though, you're not going to mess with him, are you? Oh, yeah, he's scary, oh, he, isn't he? looks yeah. like a villain from an 80s film, <laughs> action Bomb movie, villain. oh the my bench God. Does, the whole yeah, bench does, yeah. Yeah. Him sitting next to Dunk, that is... <laughs> Dunk looks like a genteel man sitting yeah. next to him. He is a scary dude. Uh, yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> Getting to the the core points here, aren't we? But, but I think I think with Stecklenberg, I think because he was the, you know, at the start of the summer we were we were promised this war chest, and uh, I thought we were going to sign big players. I think the fact that he came in for for a nominal mm-hmm. fee was the first sign, and I think a lot of people were a bit maybe a little bit too critical of him and looked at him a little bit too harshly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Listen, I think we need an upgrade, definitely, but he is, he is a goalkeeper with pedigree. He's played in a World Cup final. He's played at Rome and he was rated very highly there. So as, as a backup option, I think he'd be a, a brilliant brilliant candidate. And he's shown what he can do at the weekend, obviously, but that's by the by because we do need a, a new number one. Yeah, I, it, On his first save, it was a great save, but it was the fact that he got up and punched yeah. the ball away. Mm. I thought it was brilliant as well. He didn't just like you know, cower on the floor and waiting for the rebound yeah. to go and he actually got up and done something about it. But Paddy, you mentioned there Joe Hart, the you know, very strong rumours. It would make for me it makes perfect sense if Joe Hart's if Man City are looking to move him on, even if it's on loan, I think personally it makes perfect sense for us to go and look to get Joe Hart. We've been looking to get a signing, you know, a big name signing, you know okay, Euros wise he didn't have a great Euros, let himself down, but he still is the England number one goalkeeper, of course, that would all change the minute he signed for Everton. He'd, he'd, he'd probably, you know, <laughs> that would all that would all stop. Um, but for me, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. I think he would be a, a a perfect number one for us because you know he's very vocal, says it how it is, and I think he would not only would be fighting to get to make sure he kept the England number one spot, but I think in a way he'd be trying to fight to show he should be. City's number one as well, mm. and I think it would work hand in hand. You know, I think I think we get the best out of him. So for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, I, for me as well. I think he's he's the right profile for what we're looking at. He's what is he twenty nine? Yeah. So for, for as a goalkeeper, you're coming into your prime there. You could still get if he signs on a permanent deal. He could still get another four or five years minimum out of him. Um, He's got pedigree, he's played in the Champions League and that's the type of player Everton want to be recruiting, if you like. I, I wouldn't go as far to say it would be a marquee signing, but it would be approaching that for me yeah. in terms of his in terms of his status as one of the league's best goalkeepers. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think something about Hart beside this goalkeeper is whenever I listen to him in interviews or, or in press conferences, he always impresses me with, with the attitude he's got. He's, you know, there's, there's times when City have lost games in the Champions League and and the interviewers asked him a question like, oh, you, you played okay there. And he's like, no, that, that's not good enough for Manchester City. We should be trying to win these sorts of games. And and I think as Everton are trying to progress from sort of a, a mid-table club into a team that's going to be challenging for, for Europe, European places, having someone with, with that kind of winning mentality and attitude is, is vital around the squad. And you mentioned there, Ped, about his, his Euros, I think. 
when a player has a, a bad tournament for England, they do tend to get tired of a rush. I mean, look at look at Raheem Sterling. He's you know people who were slating him saying he's not going to yeah, get this. But, he, but he's, he started really well, hasn't he? He started really well under Guardiola. He was probably man of the match in the first game, and he was, had a great game again last night yeah. for them. So it's it's easy to revise your opinions when a, a player gets so much stick in the press because they've had a bad tournament for England. But looking back over his career, he's he's been one of the most consistent goalkeepers in the Premier League for a long time now in a team that's won the league title twice. So he'd be a major coup for Everton. I'll be delighted if he came in. Yeah, I, I echo what Matt said there. Um, I mean, there's a bit of an attitude thing, I think, with him. I think um, it's a good attitude, though. I think I'm not sure, Ped. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of seeing him. Oh, himself you just don't face. like goalies. Uh, no, Let's I just get don't. This. Like... Did it, what did a goalie do to you as a young age? Come on, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> but anyway, I, I just, I just, I'm not a fan of him slapping himself in the face and getting all worked up in goal and all that sort of thing. I think he. There's a lot of bravado with him that I think is not my cup of tea. Uh, having said that, it's not about that, is it? It's about Are you allergic to anti dandruff shampoo? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. I'm a Neutrogena man myself. Okay. But as you, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, well. that's what it's it is. Neutrogena. Yeah. Like, you can buy that in the little. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Pets, you 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 quaff your hair all the time. So it's it's self quaffs now. Does it just fall it's into self, place? It's just every I wake time up and just shake it. Yeah. And it just falls <laughs> into place. It's that. It's that so well trained. No. In, in all seriousness, Joe Hart, a top goalkeeper. Um, I don't think he's actually fulfilled his potential over his career. I think it might be fair to say that, uh, although he's a Premier League winner, it's almost like um, when we when we talk about Wayne Rooney, whether he sort of fulfilled his potential. And that's a very very debatable point. Um, I, I think Joe Hart, in, in terms of the promise he showed, I think he's he's one person who's booked the trend of promising young England goalkeepers. As mm. in, he, he's gone on to keep his place at a side that is successful. Um, you look at the likes of I don't know Scott Carson or all that sort of. Calibre, a goalkeeper who looked very promising at a young age, but just fell by it's the way. Chris Kirkland, yeah, Chris Kirkland yeah. who's <laughs> taken time out of the game, and and um, I I really like him in terms of what he does. He's a very athletic goalkeeper, um, and he he's a shouter as well. Okay, I know it might be a bit of a contradiction that he's hitting himself in the face, and I like the fact that he gets angry all the time, but he's constantly in the ear of his defenders, and and I like that. I think we need a bit of that. Tim Howard, you know that become he become a bit of a wallflower, didn't he? When it when it comes to that, and it was a bit of a laughing stock when he starts shouting at defenders, considering his own p- performance. So, um, happy to see Joe Hart. I'd, I'd have him every single day. Although, uh, I, I think I echo many people when I say I'd, I'd go and blow the rest of the money on Jack Butler, whatever it takes. But that's just me. no. Listen, I completely agree mm. with. I'd love a Jack Butler or a or a Fraser Forster, but but Joe Hart. Is available. Let's be oh, honest. Oh yeah, I mean he's available, yeah. and it's a it's a it, it's something that could fall into our lap very quickly. And it also feels like though that it it's that this is not a new story. Like it's been bubbling under. Mm. Like people have been. Mentioning- Are you surprised though, Ped, that there's not? Bigger clubs than us, and I say bigger in inverted commas at the moment. But who where would he go? Champions yeah. League clubs. Where though in this country? Mm. Because I all, all over the place. I mean, there always yeah, there were tentative links with him in, in, in Seville as well, wasn't there? Um, but you've got that. you've got you've got Chelsea, you've got Courtois, Tottenham have got Lorries, uh, Leicester have pen Michael down, haven't they? Man United have got David De Gea. So Liverpool I think, have got Mignolet. I think, I think, I think a lot of the teams. <laughs> that are gonna, they're That's probably why the tenuous links with them from Liverpool come up, though, isn't it? With, with that because. Carius is very much an unknown. Mignolet, we know, has got his obvious flaws. Maybe that's why that one surfaced a little bit. I know it's been put to bed in, in recent hours, like in, in the last few hours. But 
Um, the other I, thing I, is, I just would have thought, Ped, that I, there would have been a, a team higher in the pecking order. But would us. City, but would City be willing to let him go to another team that are, that that are, you've got to look look from City's point of view. If City let him come to us, we're not a danger to City. But then suddenly we've got a top class goalkeeper who stops other teams who are competing for the Champions League spots mm. or the league. So when we got Lukaku. When we got Lukaku. Yeah, it is yeah. exactly the same. We, we'd be, we, I think it suits everybody. And if it is a loan, then it, it allows Joe Hart more time to sort of get over the fact that he's not going to be Manchester's yeah. goalie. I think at the moment he's still in that. I've seen a great pitch of him last night with uh, John Stones <laughs> laughing at him, which was quite ironic considering uh, John Stones said that he'd convinced them um, to sign for Man City. So I suppose what comes around goes around. <laughs> it, free, maybe that was just clever on Joe Hart's part. He was he was doing that to free up some funds. So maybe we maybe, can go and get Joe Hart when, maybe, when John Stones and I had City. Maybe, maybe John Stones was just checking if he was flag free in the pitch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's talk about a, a, like someone we have signed. Yannick Balassi's coming this week for twenty five million. Um, it's a strange one, this because it's it's not someone it's not someone I would have linked with a twenty five million pound move certainly, but I don't think twenty five million is 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 the same twenty five million it used to be. That might be Brexit, I don't know. Um, but it's not it's not where it used to be anyway. So um, Matt, twenty five million for Yannick Balassi. Let's just forget about the price tag. Right. Who cares? Yannick Balassi. Sell me Yannick Balassi. Come on, Matt. He's fast, strong, <laughs> skillful. He's exciting to watch. I mean, you you in already? Yeah, yeah? I'm in already. there you go. That's it. I was then. in it, Yannick. No, but I think I, I think there's there's a lot of parallels here to draw between when Southampton signed Mane under Koeman. I think mm. when he was at Red Bull Salzburg, he was a player who was erratic. He was raw in his end product, and he did, wasn't particularly pro- prolific. And obviously, the last few stats have been bandied around a lot, haven't he, recently? But but what he was, he was fast, he was strong, and he could play in a variety of different positions off the front. And, and Kuman got a grip of him and kind of refined him. He harnessed the skill set in a better way. And I think if you look at Walsh's background as well, in terms of what the players he brought to Leicester, fast, dynamic, skillful, like like Samarez, got the best out of Jamie Vardy, I think it fits for both of them. And what what I'm looking at is hopefully that the Kuman, once he gets a grip of him, that return will improve. His assists will improve because he's playing with better players as well. And just playing at, at a club like Everton, which has got a little bit more gravitas, there's going to be a lot more expectation on him, will bring the best out of him. Matt's alluded to um, his goals and assist return. I think that's the major worry mm-hmm. for me and the mm-hmm. move. We, we've spoken of this £25 million fee. Still, even now, I know I know transfer fees are inflated, but even now for twenty five million pounds, you want somebody that's going to hit double figures in terms of goals and resi- and assists. I don't know if he's capable of that. To be honest, um, what I do know is that he was a long term target for Steve Walsh. He wanted yeah. to take him to Leicester, so he fits this this type of player that Cumin mm. and Walsh are wanting to bring in. And we did need another left winger. Yeah. I think. I've got Dave. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, I'm. I'm I'm underwhelmed and excited at the same time really, because <laughs> I mean when when I've seen him when he, and I know everyone says on his day but how often's his day and all that sort of thing I I think getting the consistency is what Cummins seen uh, as a challenge in in terms of you know players are bought sometimes on on their potential well certainly John Stones has been bought on his potential rather than what anybody's seen over the last couple of years. Um, he's 27 years old and I, I personally when, when we first were interested in him I thought he was a little bit younger considering the fee as well um, and, and I think Cumin sees and Steve Walsh sees that the, the best of him needs to be brought out by a, a person who's not sort of 
well, Alan Pardew. Anyone who's not, <laughs> yeah. not Alan So, Pardew. yeah, that, that's the thing. And, and I think that that's where they've seen it, sort of scope to work with them. And that's the exciting part for me, I think. If they can get 50 60% more out of what he does for Palace. Also, I think there might have been a bit of a motivational issue while you're at Crystal Palace as well, I think. With all, with all, I think he was... Under Pardew day, really? <laughs> no, but what I mean by that is, I mean, you've had relatively mid-table mediocrity, mediocrity yeah. for a couple of seasons, and all they had to run in the FA That's Cup. not mediocrity, though. That's success for Crystal Palace. Well, exactly. And I, that, 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 that was, you know, that's, I mean that in all sincerity. Crystal Palace mid-table is success, and that's why it is a big move coming to Everton, because we de- we're demanding more. So Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's probably seen that as well. I don't really have to do this every single week. I don't really have to put in five star performances all the time because, you know, just being mediocre will do. Uh, now he's going to be more under the spotlight. I think that's probably where Steve Walsh and Koeman have identified. Well, look, he's he's lacking a sort of kick up the backside here to kick on with his career at the age of 27. If he comes here, you know, it's a fresh lease of life. We'll, we'll get more out of him. He's, he's going to be playing with better players. Um, and and he, he's quick, he's pacey, he's exactly what we need on the wing. From that point of view, he ticks a lot of boxes. It's just it, it is the consi- consistency is, issue, like Paddy said as well as assists and goals that needs to be upped mm. dramatically when, when he comes. To I us. think I think what was interesting when the signer was announced with the Kuma said he's my type of winger in mm. terms of his, his, and he, he's alluding to his strength and his yeah. power. If you look at the players we've got there at the moment, they're all a little bit flyaway, aren't they? Lennon, Morales, Delafeu. Even though Delafeu did pull himself a little bit more uh, at the weekend, and I think. It's it's part of a, a clear br- a blueprint which is forming, isn't it? We've signed players who are who are much more physically imposing yeah, than in the previous definitely. regime. You know, the likes of Williams, linked of Kone, linked of players like Witzel and Carvalho mm-hmm. all summer. It seems as though Kuman wants to bulk up the side and add a lot more power to it. And I think the other thing is as well is that we're taking Premier League players who are the best players for their team as well. Mm-hmm. So we're also mm-hmm. weakening other sides. Um, which probably are below, we hope will be below us, but we're weakening them and it's strengthening ourselves. Um, one thing I would say about Blas, I mean, I think he missed 10 games last season in the second half of the season and Palace didn't win any of them. So they were very reliant yeah. on him. He, he, I think he had six goals before Christmas and then this injury hit and that sort of... And I think if you're a winger and you can get 10 goals and get double figures, I think you've done all right. Mm. Assists, not really his fault, is it? If someone's rubbish in front of goal. I mean, if you're passing it, you know, mm. to some of the strikers. Connor Wickham, man. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I think just <laughs> his style of play will really help us playing on the counter-attack, having someone who can get us up the pitch 30 yards, David. It doesn't half make a difference. Yeah, it does because it's an outlet all the time, isn't it? I mean, it's it very much goes against everything that was in it from the last couple of years. Even in Martinez's first year, to a certain extent, there were, there were still those periods where games were flat, you we were passing it side to side. There was no penetration, and now he's a player that you get the ball to and he's directly runs at defenders. He enjoys that side of the game. You get the ball to him, you know you're going to move us up the field. So... From that from that point of view, you you can see why he's an, he's an attractive attractive proposition for us. Um, I'm be very very interested to see how we line up against West Brom. Um, if he's going to start, and obviously if Williams comes in, possibly somebody else by the weekend as well. We don't know, so it's it's a it's it's moving all the time. Yeah. This team, um, so that's why I, I'm sort of taking everything on a game by game basis with these players coming in. Because the the team next week won't be anywhere near like the team we saw against Spurs. Yeah, I mean that's certainly what it's like for the first for the first three games, seeing in this window anyway. Um anyway, some at West Brom there, we'll be discussing that game after the break. We'll be right back. This 
is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk. Welcome back to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk. It is the final part of the show with me, Peter McPartland, Matt Jones, Paddy Boyland and Dave Downey in the studio. West Brom, Gents, first away game of the season. Um, obviously, could be changes. There's a chance for Yannick Balassi, chance for Ashley Williams to be in the start line. Matt, I'll start with you. I mean, do you... Do you envisage um, any changes for this game? Yeah, I imagine both of them will come in, uh, along with Luke Arkham as well. But what I think will be interesting is the system that he plays. I mean, I was, I was looking before, and he only played three at the back eight times with Southampton last season. And I think it tended to be against the, the bigger, better teams who were going to you know, try and put you under a bit more defensive pressure. So it wouldn't surprise me if he reverted to the 4-3-3 again here. Maybe push Holgate to right back. Williams alongside Jagielka. And then up front, there's, there's so many options, isn't there? Especially mm-hmm. if Lukaku comes back as well. So I think in that sense, it will be interesting. But I think against a side like West Brom, we're going to bunker in and try and limit space in the middle of the pitch. Someone like Balassi, it's the, the type of game you're, you're really buying for, isn't it? To, to give you that X factor on the flank, try and get at the fullback and, and create spaces in that way. So I, I'd imagine he will come in. But um, it'll be interesting to see who plays on the other flank. Back four is the... Um... Or back five or whatever it ends up being um, for me it's going to be the interesting one because I, I think Holgate's done enough to warrant to, to keep his place um, obviously we talked a little bit about Maury earlier I think he, he'd he be my one to pay the price um, for, for Williams coming in I think it's un, I think it's a, a shoe in for Williams to start the game um, Maury would be the one that, that, that I'd sacrifice and then you look at that and it's a, it's a really good back four then I mean but Holgate obviously is still a relatively unknown quantity in Premier League terms. Coleman's out injured, but you look at the other three: Williams, Jagielka, Baines. Very, very experienced backline, and then all of a sudden you're looking at us thinking, "Hang on, we should never concede mm. many goals here." When you've got players like that, I know we were scratching our heads with Martinez, but obviously with Cummins, the defensive nous and experience, you would expect that lineup to do very well defensively. So. Um, I'm confident that we won't concede many, if any, against West Brom. Um, the, the midfield area, like Matt just said, then it is crucial. The, the West Brom will try and pack it out. They'll put in a couple of yard dogs as well to try and kick us about. I think that's where the Jessica will, will come into his own. I think he'll he'll really thrive in a game like this. He'll love that battle, especially who's the one they've got? Is it Jacob? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, for yeah. fun. Um, um, I think he'll enjoy the challenge of that. And, if he doesn't get sent off, I think he'll pick up a book and I'll be back in that at the weekend. Uh, all all midfielders on the pitch to get booked. And then, then up front, I think Balassi will come in. Um, Lukaku starts and then I think De La Faye will go to the bench and he'll play Morales. Mm. Interesting, Pat. Just going back to the defence a minute, I think the game is ideally suited to an Ashley Williams type. Mm, West yeah. Brom away, they're a big, yeah. strong, yeah. physical side. Let's not forget, we did concede from a cross at the weekend against Spurs. Yeah. Eric Lamel is not the best in the air, actually, mm. is he? So the likes of uh, Jonas Olsen and Gareth McCauley attacking the ball is, is enough to frighten any Evertonian, I think. Mm. Um, is Ashley Williams ready, though? He came back late from... Uh, from Wales duty at the Euros. He didn't play a pre-season game for Swansea, I believe. Is is he ready to go into the starting lineup? That would be my only... I think he said, well, didn't, he said didn't he, Pad, at the... Sorry, Dave. I think he said at the uh, the fan event last night he was ready, didn't he, I believe? He was ready to play when the manager was, was yeah, called upon him. Yeah, so. I think he'd say that if he yeah. had one leg left, though, wouldn't he? That, <laughs> that, that's the sort of type of player. I mean, that, remember yeah. in the Euros, he had a broken arm or something, didn't he, and just carried on playing as well. So I think he's always going to say that, but um, Koeman's estimations were 10 days when, when we signed him. So I I think he'll be ready and and I think he'll give everyone a shot. In the I think it's the type of game where you can throw him in though because you know I've just have just been saying there 
We won't get done for pace, will we, at the back? Well, I mean, you don't, you know, Rondon, I think is, I think he'll have a little bit more about him this season, having a season under his belt. Mm. I think he scored last week, didn't he? So, linked up Barcelona today, and <laughs> big surprise, yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I saw a Runa Kone linked to Barcelona <laughs> no, a few weeks ago. No, no, no. So. But uh, yeah, you that, that's as bad as that fella saying <laughs> that Kaku's going. Team or... <laughs> that's as bad as the fella who's saying that Kaku's going for thirty minutes. Just, <laughs> yeah. just oh, it. It's the internet, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I think it'd be uh, ideal for Williams just, and Hol- Holgate. I think that's a very tight defense. It just it just starts to get difficult in midfield, which I suppose is exactly what we want, isn't it? McCarthy played last week, played well, but then you think, well. You know, if he's not playing five at the back, does he have any right to go into that midfield? Or does he, you know, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, Gareth Barry, does he come in and does he play the away games? You know what I mean? Because mm. you think about an away game, you think, and it, it is going to be all action. Maybe away games will be the time when Gareth Barry isn't required. I think, I think he'll keep him in the side, definitely, for these first three mm. anyway. Just while, the, like, might be plays moving around, might yeah. be new faces coming in. So have him and his experience and... Is consistent, you know. He, I thought he played really well again on, on Saturday. Other had the brilliant game, so mm-hmm. I think for now, I think he'll keep him in there just because of his nous. And I'll be, I'll be a big surprise. I think the midfield will be pretty settled for me. I think it'll be Barry Garner and then Ross Barkley as well in, in a three. I'll be very surprised if, if McCarthy managed to, to muscle mm-hmm. his way in there after the way those three played. The Barkley one was interesting, wasn't it? Because he, for me, looked like the one who was most flagging after sixty against Spurs. I thought uh, there were times when. He was out on his feet and um, he come off, didn't he, towards the end, Barkley? Well, he, sure. he got cramped, didn't he? Yeah, but he, yeah. he got like a second wind during the game and I thought he looked a lot stronger. Yeah. I mean, they've had another week at, uh, of double sessions. I believe they were in Sunday as well. Uh, they got Monday off. So um, they've been working very, very hard. And I think that's just going to that's just gonna get stronger and stronger and stronger with the fitness. I think that's something... He demands it, doesn't yeah. he? When you have got options and when you have got people on the bench and when you've got, you've seen new players come into the club, you you know those they don't react to it. I mean, listen, Ross Barkley to to um, Ronald Koeman's nothing. Is he? He's just yeah. just another player. I mean, yeah, he, there's no egos there now, is there? Because he, he Koeman is the ego. I mean, some some of the things I've heard that he's implemented are quite sort of regimental and, and quite militant. Um, he's just a disciplinarian, and he just expects things yeah. in a certain way. And when you go. Well, what did you do with your career? Oh yeah, I scored the winning goal in the in Champions League and I won the uh, I won the Euros. Yes, I'll, yeah, fair enough. I'll, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I better you listen. Still to want you. to go back to Chelsea, Rom? <laughs> but listen to you. So from that point of view, no one can really argue with them. And 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 I think I think it's a perfect opportunity to, to pick pick up three points. I think West Brom against Crystal Palace, they got the goal. Um, and then basically shut up shop as you would expect the Tony Pulis team to do. But you know we. We we normally do all right against West Brom, certainly down there anyway. So I think we should be going down there and expecting three points. Yeah, without doubt. And I think they should take encouragement from last weekend's game because you mentioned there, it's always a physical battle, isn't it? The Hawthorne, you're always expecting to have to head a lot of balls away. You're going to be in a lot of, of midfield battles. You're going to have to fight for every ball. And I think going toe-to-toe with Tottenham in that sense and doing pretty well against another team who play in that sort of way with that intensity should bode well. And... I think we did see signs last week of, of Delafeu and Barkley, who obviously last season were non-existent at times off the ball. The, the way the way inklings that they're more willing to do the dirty work and get involved in that mm. side of the game. I mean, I can think of Barkley 
charging into the box and towering above uh, Toby Aldo and winning a header at the end of the first half and putting slide tackling in the corner at the end of uh, at the end of the second half as well, which he which he got cramped from. So I think there are signs that, that there are willing to do a little bit more of the dirty work, but this game away from home especially will, will be a big test of that. Yeah, I, I'd back us to go and win, Ped. I think um, we'll we'll feel confident going into it with the, with the new additions as well. Um, there, there was a there wasn't a feeling of any panic as well on on Saturday. I mean, the crowd for me it was very it was it was great when everyone come out and all that. But when the game settled down, there was obviously a cautious optimism about us, and, and I think on the back of that game, I think you, you're going into it now thinking, "Hang on." We can get the bit between our teeth quite early in this Cumin regime here. Initially, I thought this will take a while, and it will in in certain aspects of it. We've seen, you know, we weren't perfect in the second half. The fitness again is a big issue, but I think we can still pick up points while we're in transition here. Um, particularly with the fixes we've got as well. I think I think I don't have a problem with us playing West Brom away, and, and it would be a difficult match. But I think we've got the the capabilities and the tools to go and beat them comfortably, um, and and I feel that will be the case. Whilst we're making this transition, because my initial fear was it'd take us a while, we'd mm. be at six and sevens all the time, and now I'm I'm buoyed by what we've seen on uh, last Saturday, and I've got every confidence that we'll go there and get results and continue a decent run um, whilst we're still recruiting players. Yeah, a big thing for me, Paddy, is that I don't think we have to worry about having possession in this game. I think we can let West Brom have the possession and then give it to us, and then with players like Lukaku, with players like. Delafeo or Morales, certainly Balassi, we can hit them on the break and hit them. And I think that's really key. Whereas this time last year, we'd be going there thinking, what are we going to do with the ball? And even them being the home team, they'd look to have taken it off us and hitting us on the break. Yeah, well, we're starting to see a different Everton shaping up now. If you look at the profiles of the players we've brought in, Blassie's very much a player you'd use on the counter-attack. And like Ped said, we can sit in. We, mm. That was pleasing for me against Spurs. The defensive shape and the structure was much more solid. Um, we see, we seemed to, to know what we were doing, and there was a confidence and a calmness about it. OK, Spurs had the ball, but there was never any panic. And for me, they scored off their first meaningful chance of the game. And um, if we if we sit in against West Brom, they've not got as much to hurt us in that respect. Mm-hmm. Hit them on the break with Balassi, De La Feu, and hopefully Lukaku. And, and we should get the three points, certainly for a side with aspirations of a top six finish. That's what we need to mm-hmm. do. Just just an interesting one. It might sound like a stupid question, but do you think Lukaku will definitely come straight back into the team? If he's fit, he will. If he's 100% fit, yeah. I think for two reasons. I think just because he gives us something up front that we that we don't have mm. otherwise and I think also because I think the manager's probably scared of losing him and doesn't and we probably think well mm. he, if he's fit he's got to play you know I, I know what you're getting at you know what I mean I mean yeah. don't get me wrong the play doesn't dict will never dictate but it, it, I think it's a message you've I think Kuman said it last week he said I'm I've got no control over the situation if the board want to sell him they sell him which mm. is a very growing up way of looking at things yeah. you know that that's good because the manager just uses what he what he's got and and that's good for because that works for the whole thing with the Steve Walsh thing mm. he's prepared to just it means he's you know he's does not they're not going to clash over that but I think he's got to make it clear that he wants the player and he is going to play him and not that I'm thinking the club are going to sell him but um I think he'll use him and I think he'll play him and maybe if maybe if like maybe if Delafay would put that ball away last week and made yeah. it 2-0 then maybe it'd be a little bit different but he didn't and I think that leaves 
that position very very open. I, I just I just thought it was interesting the way those three up front interchanged last mm. last week. And although listen, it's not going to click into gear straight away, is it? Because none of them have really played in those sorts of positions before. But I just thought it was interesting the way that they pressed well and they, they hurried after the uh, the Tottenham centre backs. And I think if you've got Lukaku in there, he's not really wanted to do that kind of thing, is it? But maybe you'll put the onus on to go out there and say, right, you've got to press these West Brom centre backs. You've got to work as hard as Delafeu and Morales did last week and expect that that another level from him. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. It'll be a case of Rom, in a sense, adapting his game to the way Kuman wants to play. Really, we've seen Dale Lafayette is willing to put those hard yards in. Is is Rom able to do that as well? Um, I don't know. For, for me, if he's fit, he starts yeah. just because the team's perilously short of goals without him. Yeah, I think he'll start. Uh, we'll find out Saturday, um, and we're going to be back here next week, half six. Tell your mates the blue room's back on the air and we're not going anywhere. We're going to lock ourselves in this room. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week.